I listen to the Black Guy Who Tips podcast because Rod and Karen are hot. Who said a black man in the Illuminati? Last time I checked, that was the biggest racist party. Last time I checked, he was racing with Marcus Garvey on the freeway to Africa till I wrecked my Audi. And I want everybody to view my autopsy so y'all can see exactly where the government has shot me. No conspiracy, my fate is inevitable. They play musical chairs once I'm on that pedestal. Frightening, so fucking frightening, enough to drive a man insane, a woman insane. The reason Lauren Hill can't sing a Kurt Cobain, load that clip and this said bang, the drama it bring, it's crazy. Hey, welcome to the Black Out Tips Podcast. Your host Rod and Karen, and uh, we're in the house on a Monday night. Mm-hmm. Feeling right, and my shit is tight. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, you can find us on iTunes. Just search the Black Guy Who Tips. We'll come up. Leave us five-star reviews. We appreciate that. Same thing for Stitcher. If you make a nice five-star review, we'll read it on the show, uh, regardless of the content, uh, as long as the content is nice. So I guess it does regard that. Um, you can also go to theblackoutest.com, click on things, sign up for stuff, become a premium listener, leave comments, vote in the polls, a bunch of stuff you can do there. It all helps the show out when you do that stuff. Um, the official weapon of the show is the taser and the unofficial sport is bullet ball and bullet ball extreme and uh it's just me and karen today no sponsors i'll say we just go ahead and get right into the show uh of course the biggest news that motherfucking kendrick dropped dog Mm -hmm. to pimp a butterfly kendrick lamar it's all i've been listening to all day if i get behind on your uh, podcast in the next week or so, don't be mad. Blame Kendrick for dropping that straight fire. King Kendrick Lamar. Um, as always, very deep album already. Uh, you know, it's more like a project. It's not like it's a concept album. Uh, I can't wait to see the accompanying media that goes along with this because I would be surprised if, you know, the videos and all that stuff don't start having layers to it as well. True. Um, I probably listened to it about five, maybe six times so far. Um, you know, still marinating on some of it, but some of the themes are just so obvious to me. And even some of the stuff that's kind of hidden down in there, um, it's just beautiful. Uh, I do like the way that he mixed Neo Soul with rap, um, in a way that I haven't really experienced it before. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I thought that his song with Flying Lotus was a good, like, it, it give you a good indication of where his sound might go, but I wasn't really sold on it. Um, uh, but this album does this transition from almost like spoken word jazz mm-hmm. to like a traditional rap album by the end. Um, but it just has this really soulful feel, you know, um, a lot of, a lot of funk. A lot of, uh, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of uh, horn loops, a lot of um, instrumentation, jazz instruments. I mean, like, I just love it, man. Um, and then the overall narrative of the album, uh, which is all about black self-love and overcoming survivor's guilt and um, being flawed and, like, black people loving ourselves and um getting our own shit together which i think is kind of a continuation of the theme of good kid mad city and even section 80 to some extent um 
because Kendrick's very much about the black community and us loving ourselves. Um, I think now is a tough time to have a message like that because in the wake of so much uh, controversy racially and then police violence against black people, you, we're, a lot of people aren't ready to hear anything that says black people um, can do anything better because typically that is always a distraction from the fact that shit is fucked up for black people. True. But I feel like Kendrick's not concerned with that and he's not trying to use it as a shield to say everything's okay. Black people are their own enemies and they're the problem. Uh, But I feel like people took him out of context in that article, um, ran with it. And this, uh, this album, which is his chosen art form, puts everything back into context for me you know um especially when you go from the song you which is about self-loathing him being in a hotel room you know about to you know like you know talking about his own thoughts of suicide and Mm -hmm. how how he feels like that he abandoned his hood and his mom and all this shit because he's the one who got the had the talent quote-unquote to make it out and to you know returning home on mama you know uh to black of the berry which is like i say the angriest song on here yes it is like it's the height of his his like like because he returns home and he's looking at home like man we gotta do better um and then on i uh i think you know and which is a song i like the whole time, I think a lot of people shit on that. Like, he trying to blow up. He, dude, what kind of song is this? And I think I is just that song about loving ourselves. And I think the orders of the song on the album matter, just like they did on all the other albums. Um, and I think that's kind of getting closer to the end of that, of that character arc where, where Kendrick's like, now we have to learn to love ourselves. And then that is what'll, what'll uh inspire us to continue on and, and of course the last track mortal man um when shit hits the fan are you still a fan um when the the whole interview that he does with Pac and how each song he's putting together at least in the beginning he's putting together this question that he's going to ask Pac, this story he's going to tell him and he's going to ask this question they're going to do this interview of course the interview is like obviously an interview from a long time ago with tupac i think it's from like 1994 but it's cool how he makes it seem like they're having a conversation at the end. And when he says, we says the cali- the, the butterfly caterpillar metaphor. And then he asks Pac, what's his thoughts on that? And there's no answer. It just hit like, it just like hits you in the chest. Like, damn, that brother got taken out by another brother. Like, you know, that's not the police killing Tupac or whatever. Like, that's stupid shit that led to him dying. And it brings the whole album back home to this idea of, like, you know, we have to not kill ourselves. We have to do better. You know what I mean? And I don't think the album is, like, do better because then the white man or blah, blah, blah. It's just Mm-mm. we have to do better loving ourselves because if we don't love us, nobody's going to love us. We're, like we're the only people that care about ourselves and the album's so full of self-love um and it's tragic in a way but it's it's beautiful that way so i i, I love the album so far um i know you just started i mean I, it came out at midnight i listened to this shit like four times before i went to bed 
Yeah, I had, <laughs> yeah, I had to be an adult and take my ass to sleep. Like I like because the 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 thing about it is that because uh, I was up, you know, after The Walking Dead and all that stuff, you know, trying to wind down. And you know, twelve, one o'clock, and all of a sudden, I just see Kendrick, 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 Kendrick going up in the mind. I knew his album was coming out soon, but I didn't know when. And I was like, "Oh, the album must be out." And then Spotify is the devil because I was like, "Oh, let me go see if Spotify got it." Because you know, sometimes shit come out and it don't immediately go on Spotify. They might take a few days. Spotify was like, "No, you know, you want this, and here's all of it." So I said, "Yes, yes, please." Yeah. So I uploaded all of it, and then um, I stared at it for one complete hour before I pressed play and just took my ass to sleep because I was like, if I wait, so you did press play? No, 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 no. Oh, so you you stared at it one hour and didn't press play? No, I just watched all y'all go up and down my timeline. Yeah. Or, or put like this: if I did hit play, I had to stop it. I stop. I, I think I pressed and was like, oh nope, nope, stop, stop, stop. I, I honestly thought it. they were gonna. I listened to it so much last night because I honestly thought I would wake up in the morning and they were gonna take it down. Right. Because right. it, it, it released a week before it's supposed to come out. Ah. And Kendrick tweeted something that sounded like the shit wasn't supposed to have come out. Um, so I was like, well, uh, let me save all these songs to my hard drive because I'm assuming I'm waking up in the morning and this Kendrick is gone. Right. And the thing about it is that it released on iTunes. It released on Spotify. iTunes had the clean version. Spotify had the real version. Mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where people was partying and I was highly upset and very mad and just felt like I was on goddamn punishment because I was like, fuck, I got to go to work. Because I was like, if I stay up, I knew I was not going to go to work this morning because I'd probably stay up to like two, three, four in the morning, you know, just listening to it. Um, it's called being responsible, people. Being an adult sucks at times. Um, yeah. And so for me, I listened to it while I was at uh, work. So not a whole lot of work got done mm-hmm. uh, while I was actually on the job. Um, I was, I've only listened to it straight through one time. And I know tomorrow I'll probably listen to it over and over and over again. Um, the album... From just one listen through was very emotional. I went on an emotional roller coaster with him and through his thoughts and through his feelings and through his emotions and through his struggles and you know how his mind uh, goes. And from the first song, you immediately know that you're going to get something different. You I, like I was like, oh, this this is not going to be the same thing. And that's, yeah, it's very jazzy. I think also if you're looking for Good Kid, Mad City Part 2, you're going to be disappointed. Mm-hmm. But that's the kind of progression that I prefer in the artists that I'm a fan of. Like, Outkast albums don't sound alike to me. Um, you know, Trial Call Quest albums don't sound alike to me. I, I like that, where you can take me to a period of that person's catalog, and I'm just like, oh, yeah, that was this period of time for them. And then their sound changed because they didn't want to do the same thing. And the influences that he allowed onto this record, you know, from, um, you know, D'Angelo, um, as far as like the sound, George Clinton is actually on the album. Bilal is on the album. Um, like you can just hear the neo soul shit. The, um, King Kunta, you can feel like the James Brown in it, you know, from the way that he does the, the kind of call and response thing, you know, with the, how, how, uh, on revenge, uh, 
uh, I'm big payback. I mean, uh, James Brown's like, you know, I want revenge, you know, that kind of shit. Mm-hmm. Like you can, you can hear it. And it's just so beautiful, man. Like, um, the dude just is a, a thinker, man. And I'm a thinker. And this is the kind of album for a person like me. I don't think very much hip hop comes out that is for a person like me who is very much into lyricism, very much into thoughtfulness very much into getting into the nuance and trying to figure out the direction of stuff. Um, I think it'll take a long time for like a lot, if, if at all, for a lot of, um, just casual listeners and a lot of people that listen to like, well, I want to just have good beats and I just want this. Not that there aren't great beats on here. The production is great, but I'm just mm-hmm. saying for people that want to go past that, uh, to just like, uh, you know, like, Hey man, I, I just throw in this and all I want to hear is some beats um i feel like it might not catch them but it definitely caught me right away true and i think for me i like the fact that it was different i like the fact that it was not the same um i like the fact that uh you can tell kendrick is a very creative like his mind is very creative um and he was allowed to flourish uh because it's rare that within such a short period of time uh you come out with albums like he has and each one is very different each one is very telling each one tells a story um and each one uh is from his heart because and and and, and it's very rare for me speaking person it's very rare that somebody raps and you can literally feel um, them through the words that they're saying because of one, one of the on one particular song because like I said I haven't really got a chance to like sit down and learn the, the titles and anything but one particular song he was talking and you could just tell the pain and the, the distraught in his voice and uh, he was just in such a dark place and he clanked some ice and like hit a bottle I was like well goddamn next thing I know I was in tears because it was like even though it yeah, was that's, that's you and that's the second verse on you when he's drunk um when the housekeeping lady comes by he doesn't answer right because he's in there uh basically drunk and uh, uh thinking about you know suicide and how weak he is and survivor's guilt and how he left his hood behind and all that shit like you know it's 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 a deep album i think most yes, people is. are very you know simple yes they are so it's just very much you know you know people are just very like i want a hot take and then i'm walking away from this album but i don't know man i love yeah, it yeah, he, he he doesn't make he doesn't kendrick doesn't make put it like this Kendrick make albums that you have to listen to over and over and over and over again. And like you said, a lot of people are very simple in their music. And well, it's I mean, not a bad thing. It's our society now. That's true. You know, how many people called him a coon because of an excerpt from a fucking interview? Right. You know what I mean? As if an interview is his chosen form of, of communication. As if Correct. As if you can't just go play a fucking album and be like, oh, well, that puts a lot of this shit in context. You know, shame on you. You know what I mean? Like it's that simple to fall for that game, to, to fall for the for the for the okie doke of like this nigga Don Lemon now. It's like that like that kind of shit is just so see through and but that's what people want to do, you know? Mm-hmm. There was a picture someone had a long time ago of um it was a it's a picture of Tupac uh as a, like a cartoon picture obviously of Tupac as like an adult. Mm-hmm. And Kendrick as a kid, and uh, the Kendrick is basically like looking at 
Tupac almost as if, uh, you know, like he's going to walk over to him or something, like like almost when you put your hands out and play patty cake or something, right? Mm-hmm. And then in the shadows, they had these little crowns on their shadows. And when I saw that picture, I was like, man, because it came out before the album. I was like. Yeah, way before the album. Yeah. Now, I understand there's a group of people that are just pressed to be like Kendrick is Tupac, and I don't see it that way. I think mm-hmm. Kendrick is actually better than Tupac, but um I don't like I don't see it as like them but I do see him as being inspired by Tupac. I uh, he said before he wants to be the mind that Tupac sparked because Tupac said I want to I might not be the the person that changes the world but I want to spark the mind that changes the world. Mm-hmm. So I can see the inspiration there and like that picture just was so cool to me and you know I had a couple people that were like uh like clowning the picture and shit like Niggas think he Tupac and shit. Now, maybe that's what people are arguing. I'm not privy to that argument. I don't. But that I think that's the kind of hot take shit people want. It's like mm-hmm. when they come away from it, like, this nigga ain't no Tupac. It's like, well, if in the context of my tweet, which said hashtag to pimp a butterfly, um, it it goes perfectly with the narrative of the album. Yes, it does. Because at the end, he interviews Tupac. So, like. It's, but that's not a hot enough take because then you would have had to listen to the album. Right. You would have had to understand, you know, that you need to put all those little phrases together into the first uh, question that he asked Pac, uh, which I actually um, listed the album last night. And I actually, like, typed it out on my Facebook page because, you know, I, as I was working, because, um, you know, I was like, let me work if I'm going to be in this office all night. Um, as I was working, you know, I was typing out the phrases after each song and adding them up into the whole like um stanza that he had uh before he asked Pac that question and it was like you know that shit to me was so was so cool and thoughtful and to be able to like take that picture and be like damn yo have a weebay gif moment where i'm like yo this shit meant all this back then like that's dope and instead you get nigga ain't no tupac ugh you know what i mean right i don't Stuff like that, it just irritates me because when it comes to um, music, one, and this is just my personal opinion about Kendrick, you know how you have some people, they're doing what they're meant to do, and I feel like this is what he's meant to do. Like, this is his thing uh, yeah. in life. I can't, I can't wait, by the way, when he starts doing these songs live. Oh, it's go- man. All this jazzy instrumentation and shit, nigga. You know what? He, I, I won't go to a concert like like that. You see him live. Everybody said he's a oh, he's awesome live. And I know this shit particularly live though is gonna be because it's got so much stuff that can like it's studio sound, but it can be enhanced. Right. Live, like he could actually release a live album of this album. Y- yes, he can. And it would be dope. Like the live version of I actually sounds better than fucking I. Yes, it does. And there's and it don't even have all the words on it. Like nope. He skips parts. He has a, a little interlude where he like addresses the crowd in it. Like it's so dope. Yeah, because I, I mean, I've heard I and when I heard it live, I was like, oh my god, this sounds like a completely different song and. And just hearing it live, I was like, I could have heard the whole album live. Like, he could have just did the whole album live like that, and I would have been satisfied. I'll say this much, though. The most, the thing I take away from this album the most is, this is why I don't listen to niggas. Right. Because people would have had you thinking Kendrick Lamar hate black people. Mm -hmm. Or that he resents being black. Or something like that. And there ain't been an album 
in a minute that love black people like this you know what i mean like on some real shit this is an album that um it almost um harkens back to watch the throne where like actually i would say it goes further it goes one step further than watch the throne he wrapped this album like no white person is ever going to hear it now i don't now obviously white people love kendrick and they're gonna listen to it and they're gonna but it's like it ain't for them right it's not for them. Like, it's just not, it's, he's not even thinking about white people on this album. And I don't mean it in some like, yeah, fuck white people, but just listening to it, you can hear that he's not trying to explain anything to them. He's not trying to you either get it or you don't. He don't want to be respected by them. He doesn't care if you're insulted by his topics. This is an album strictly about the black experience and black love and his experience in his life. And that shit is so dope like complexion you know what i mean like sometimes i feel like people take a lot of time to try try to sit down and explain shit to the white audience like well this is what this means white people and this is what that means and can't you understand that we just want to be people like you and like his shit was like fuck them let's talk about us let's talk about our experience Mm -hmm. and i i I respect that shit so much man like because our experience does matter and and it's just one of those things where he was like, why waste my time watering shit down? Why waste my time trying to explain? Because it's just one of those things where our experiences is a story and our story doesn't have to be diluted. It doesn't have to be watered down. It doesn't have to be uh, catered in a certain way to, to people because other stories are told to us unfiltered. And that's not a problem with that. But for some reason, when our stories are told unfiltered, just like we are, it becomes a problem. So, uh, and, and it's one of those things where you rarely get people who just be like, look, this is my motherfucking story from my perspective and my point of view. Here you go. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that, um, and when you put it all together, I think he even says it again. I can probably play it. He says it again in the last song, Mortal Man. But, when you put everything together into that last question, that first question that asked Tupac, let me see if I can. Choosing your influence. Let me see. Facing depression. And if you ride with me, nigga, let me ask this question, nigga. Like, this is what I ended up typing out on my Facebook page. I remember you was conflicted, misusing your influence. Sometimes I did the same, abusing my power full of resentment, resentment that turned into a deep depression. Found myself screaming in the hotel room. I didn't want to self-destruct. The evils of Lucy was all around me. And all this shit, by the way, all this shit is like songs on the album mm-hmm. so like all the after every two sentences that's a song that was like you make songs about all this shit um and i figured out last night lucy i believe is lucifer like for evil because that's all every time it refers to lucifer is some type of temptation so so i went running for answers until i came home but that didn't stop survivor's guilt going back and forth trying to convince myself the stripes i earned or maybe how A1 my foundation was. But while my loved ones was fighting a continuous war back in the city, I was entering a new one. A war that was based on apartheid and discrimination. 
made me want to go back to the city and tell the homies what I learned. The word was respect. Just because you wore a different game color than mine's doesn't mean I can't respect you as a black man. Forgetting all the pain and hurt we caused each other in these streets. If I respect you, we unify and stop the enemy from killing us. But I don't know. I'm no mortal man. Maybe I'm just another nigga. Shit, and that's all I wrote. I was going to call it another nigga, but it ain't really a poem. I just felt like it's something you probably could relate to. Other than that, now that I finally got a chance to holler at you, I always wanted to ask you about a certain situation, about a metaphor, actually. Uh, you spoke on the ground. What you mean by that? What the ground represent? The ground is going to open up and swallow the evil. Right. That's how I see it. My word is born. Man, my chest got so tight when I heard Pog voice. I was like... Mm-hmm. <laughs> 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 like, like <laughs> I was like, I forgot I missed that dude, man. I uh, just forgot that how tragic that was when that happened. Mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, man. So, anyway, I you know, I think because of the discussions that people have been having online and the clashes and the trolling and the racism and shit that we've been facing i feel like when people just hear like you know just the idea of black people respecting each other um uh of stopping gang violence we immediately just go to like uh so what what about black on black crime and I think this is a person that's like, I don't give a fuck what white people are saying to you. Right. Like, I don't even care. Like, that's I just irrelevant wanna, to this. Like, I only care about us. And, you know, th- like for, for us, I, I don't want us to ever have a mentality where we think our lives are a throwaway period. I'm not talking about, cause you know, he shits on police, uh, on this joint. He shits on, uh, my institu- institutionalization, he shits on mass incarceration. So it's not like he's like only, you know, black people don't have any issues except each other. Like, nah, he's like, this world is so fucked up. We need, but we can't afford to not care about each other. Don't get lost in that. Not like I said, I love it. I'm going to keep listening. Uh, hopefully I'll find even more shit in it. But, uh, first few listens through, man, I'm, I'm blown away by this kid, man. It's, it's amazing. He's an amazing talent um all right let's talk about some news um uh man 20 years old accused of shooting police officers at ferguson protests oh is this that dude that uh like shot one in the face and the other one at the protest that they was uh letting out the other day Mm-hmm. um because that's what we need thanks buddy appreciate you uh shooting the cops because i'm sure they uh I'm sure they uh, can't, you know, can't wait to be back into the community. And I was so furious when I heard this because I was like, I guarantee you, whoever did this don't have any goddamn thing to do with the protesters. Right. And you know, they're going to blame it on. Right. You know, they're going to blame it on the protesters and they're going to blame it by extension on black people because they always do, man. Like they always do. It's, it's just a shady ass, you know, happening. Um, A man accused of shooting two officers last week in Ferguson says. He was not targeting police or aiming at demonstrators at a late night protest. Who was you talking to then, dog? I guess it's just a one in a million thing that he hit two police officers, right? 
his attorney said monday as he entered uh, countered an earlier police description of the crime defense attorney gerald christmas also suggested the st louis county police may have used excessive force when arresting the suspect jeffrey williams saying his client had bruises on his back shoulders face and a knot on his head i mean you knew that was gonna happen you shoot the if you if you he get accused too. you get accused of shooting even at cops in their direction vicinity like one i'm surprised he's alive because he's black two i'm surprised uh he's alive because he's black uh police spokesman brian shelvin has called the lawyer's allegations completely false adding that williams had was seen by a nurse when booked in the county jail standard procedure for incoming inmates I'm, i wouldn't be surprised if they hit him anyway the nurse released williams as fit for confinement i mean now on the one hand i say that the only reason i would be like maybe is uh ferguson police is under such heat at this moment right maybe they're like fuck we can't beat this nigga like but but uh i would say with all the shit they've done wouldn't be surprised if they did if they was just like fuck it what they gonna do well williams is accused of shooting two officers thursday outside ferguson police station which has been the scene of protest since last summer's fatal shooting of 18 year old michael brown williams 20 appeared in court monday night one day after his arrest on charges of felony assault armed criminal action and a weapons offense his case was continued until march 31st christmas did not appear at the brief hearing and said he spoke to his client late monday afternoon this uh, this wasn't any type of ambush shooting christmas said in an interview with the ap countering an earlier description by st louis county police chief john belmer what else are they supposed to think you're right those officers were shot accidentally what uh-huh. are, what, are, what are you target shooting at, at, at late at night the most pettiest part of me is like, so that's how it feels, huh? <laughs> the most pettiest part of me is just like, so, so how do you like it? It ain't cool. It's not a good feeling. I clear it ain't. <laughs> Right. It is not a good feeling. Mind your own business. And I was like, you know what? I just feel like fucking with you today. But I'm not going to be petty. I'm going to be upstanding about this. But the pettiest part of me is like, mm, well, 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 the chickens have come home to roost and all that shit. And my, my thing is this. He, they shot them so far. I mean, he shot them from so far away. Mm-hmm. Like, nigga, you was miles away i don't know how far away but you went up the street and around the corner put it like that yeah so okay what what were you aiming for then yeah or you know conspiracy what if it wasn't him uh but anyway they said uh williams also told the investigators it was he was not targeting but that assertion was met with skepticism we're not sure we completely buy that part of it the prosecutor said prisoner said he wasn't aware of any details regarding a possible dispute that could have preceded the shooting <laughs> uh, mike brown dying in that street but ferguson activist Derek robertson said sunday that williams told him during a jail visit that he had been robbed early in the day of the shooting and returned to the protest zone to retaliate on monday robertson referred inquiries to christmas um and dude talking to the cops come on Derek, what you doing the shooting happened at a, oh well no he's probably talking because he don't want them to be 
he don't want it to look like the protesters are involved in any way. Exactly. So he said it might be retaliation for a robbery, and the cops didn't. He didn't mean to shoot the police. The shooting happened as a demonstration began to break up. The protest followed the resignation of City Police Chief Tom Jackson in the wake of a Justice Department report that found widespread racial bias in the city's police practices. Christmas said his client was not a regular participant in demonstrations outside the police station, echoing statements by protest leaders who said they did not recognize Williams as one of their own. Of course. That little strip has become the hangout spot, Christmas said, noting that the area has attracted people besides demonstrators. Williams is jailed on $300,000 bond. Christmas said his client is unemployed and expecting a child with his girlfriend. On Monday, no one answered the door. Williams listed at his, oh, at his listed address. Um, so I don't know, man. I don't know, dog. We'll see what happens with that. I'm assuming more information will come out. Like, mm-hmm. I, I really hate talking about these shootings and shit in the early stages because you don't never know what so much come can change out, so right. quick, and you what already kind know of the evidence. Mm-hmm. And you already know the the media is going to descend wow. on people and bring out all kinds of um details oh, shit. and shit that may or may not even be relevant to what happened or true yeah so i have to worry about that kind of shit so you know like whenever there's a black person that just gets shot and shit i'm always like uh not covering this today you know what i mean mm-hmm. because i already know that you gotta let like a fucking week or two go before you can be like this is what happened like last week Tony Robinson was shot and killed by police um, in Wisconsin. And, you know, he's a biracial kid. And, you know, his family came out. And I think at one point they were trying to say, like, you know, this isn't about this isn't a black shooting or white shooting. You know, our, our kid is gone and he's biracial. So, you know, this isn't just about race. Now, obviously, a lot of people objected to that, you know, because like he looked like a black man to me. He sure does. Like you know, he can't person. Yeah, he can't take that away from you know police. Far as he's concerned, he a nigga. Period. No matter uh, how you feel, like you can say he biracial and you can claim you're biracial, but a lot of times it's beyond even what you quote unquote call yourself. <laughs> when yeah. people look at you, what do they see? So, you know, I think a lot of people tried to be on some like, uh, yeah, this is that new black bullshit. Like, motherfuckers thinking they better than all the black kids that got mm-hmm. shot and all this shit. It's not that. But um, and my thing is, you know, they grieving. Right. And that, that, like, it's just not the fucking time. Like, I understand on your timeline, on Twitter, on your podcast, on your blog, on your radio show, every day, all the time seems like the appropriate time to you right but for me i was like i'm not talking about this fucking story Mm-mm. because that should not be the motherfucking story police shoot another unarmed black person why are we sitting over here arguing over whether he's black or not but or whether his family needs to say he's black or not that just seems like the exact wrong fucking thing to do Right. You and, know what I mean? And they are justified in saying our child is dead. Like as far as they're concerned, their baby dead, regardless yeah, of they, who Honestly, he is. they could get on the fucking TV and look in the camera and go, and I'm gonna be like, they're grieving. Right. Like nothing that comes out of their mouth. I like right now at this point, nothing. I'm not holding them liable for any fucking thing they say. You know, the same way that when um 
Mike Brown's parents were like, burn this motherfucker down. And people were like, we need to lock them up for inciting a riot. Like, I was like, that's grief. What I don't right. know. I don't know how Those to tell somebody how to process their grief. And I'm definitely not going to sit here on my couch unaffected and judge them in that oh. moment of weakness and be like, why didn't they do it the right way and release a statement or type it like these tweets that I'm putting Correct. out? Like, no, it's just absolutely wrong, man. Um, Later on, they went back and said, I mean, like maybe even a day or two later, uh, Turin, uh, which is, uh, the boy's, uh, uncle, he said, I would also like it to be clear that my nephew, Tony Terrell, uh, not Tyrell, uh, Robinson Jr. is a black man and he and all of his family identifies him as such. So people had a big ass controversy over this and now I'm thinking is somebody dead. Right. Like, what? <laughs> Like, what are you arguing about? I always look at it like that, regardless of, of who dies. I'm looking like this is somebody's child. Somebody's child is gone. And it's like if you get selected in the fucking black death sweepstakes, you are supposed to immediately become a spokesperson for blackness and an activist. And that is not life. And that is not fair. And it is a definite double standard on black people. To, and we definitely shouldn't do it to ourselves. Correct. Well, all of a sudden, you know, we expect Trayvon Martin's mom to become like a savvy social media and, uh, public relations expert. You know what I mean? Like these aren't, these are people that were going to work, um, living their normal lives. Yeah. The day before this. And now we're like, why haven't you solved this issue in your life? Why haven't Hell, you fixed that? You right. Know? Why don't, why don't, why have you had social media training? Bitch, she ain't need social media training. She was just going to a nine to five just like you. You gotta, you, do you have somebody that teaches you how to talk to the media? Yeah. So, you know, and, and like I said, I haven't even looked that much further into that joint because, you know, it's one, there's a lot of other podcasts that really do a much better job of that, in my opinion. Two, I don't want this show to become the black death show where we Correct. do that. But, um, more importantly, I know more shit's gonna happen. You know what I mean? Like that's like it's almost cynical at this point where it's like someone dies and I'm just like, we gotta go through the stages. Right. Person, person gets shot, then we gotta go through the well. What were they doing to get themselves shot? Correct. Then we gotta go through. Oh well, actually, first we gotta go through the you know police officers, um, you know shooting innocent black people thing. We gotta go through that. You know what I mean? And it's, was he innocent? You know what I mean? Like, well, that day he had, he had parked in a bad space. I don't know, guys. And then we had to go through the, you know, did he deserve to die or not? And if we, if he doesn't quote unquote deserve to die, um, because of something he was doing immediately, then we go into his past. Was he smoking weed? What the social media pictures look like? Did he, uh, did he, uh, ever get in trouble in the past? Uh, just a bunch of shit, right? Um, then you have the, fundraiser for the cops and fundraiser for the family and you got the tv media circus and they bring it on motherfuckers to argue both sides of death right um you know you gotta have don lemon come in like it's just such a circus and it feels like every time someone dies it gets reset and it just winds up and we're just doing it again again. we're just doing it again right then if it goes to trial you got to go through it one more time Right. It's it's like we've seen it so much that, you know, there's a fatigue setting in, but more importantly, there's a cynicism setting in. You right. Know? And and in any in all these cases, each one, in my opinion, while being part of a larger 
tapestry, they're all unique. So I don't know what made police officer X pull the trigger on suspect X. And I don't know if that's the exact same thing for suspect Y and police officer Y. But, you know, we have to ask these questions because shit is just so fucked up right now. Right. Right. And just because a police officer pulls a trigger and shoots unarmed black man, it doesn't automatically make him racist. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot more to it than just black and white every time. But I feel like the sides have been picked already and the arguments have been ongoing, especially online for so long that 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 we're at that point where as soon as the trigger is pulled, as soon as we find out about it, we're like, yeah, this, you know, that dude might as well have been wearing a fucking Klan hood. Like, it don't matter. True, and and I and I think for me, when it comes to a lot of this stuff, a lot of people have a tendency because they get into the, into the disastrobation of a lot of this every single time it happens. So a lot of times, uh, people like me, I care, care a lot about a lot of this shit, mm-hmm. but I tap out. And a lot of times when you tap out and you just just do other things, people act like you don't care about the calls and. And shit like that. And to me, that's somewhat fucking annoying doing every cycle. You know, mm-hmm. people hit you up. Hey, you got something to say? Mm, no, no, no. Because, the, like I say, it's a cycle and, and your heart can only take so much, you know. So I care, but I care to an extent because you will drive yourself motherfucking crazy. Well, I think that's everybody, really. You know what I mean? You could, even people that are embroiled in this stuff day, daily, on a daily basis. I think those people will be the first ones to tell you that they have to limit their concern to a certain level because it's going to keep happening and it'll drive you crazy. And you're not Superman. You can't stop it by yourself. Nope. Um, so even, even that you're going to have to deal with it. But, you know, I just think we get caught up in like the minutia of each situation. And I like, I told somebody, man, I was reading some of this stuff and I said, I feel like black people are turning into, we're turning into CSI. Like we're turning into crime scene investigators because every time someone gets shot, we're like, okay, where was the weapon? What was the motive? What was the police officer? What was his history? What is the victim's history? What about their family? What city is it in? What is the, the state municipality and they're in a policing enforcement record? Like we are getting into, like we're turning into fucking like civil scientists and shit when it comes to breaking down these shootings. And you know, it's just, it's, it's just sad. It's just sad that we're that way, but I, we have to be. Yes, you do. You know what I mean? Yes, like, I don't, do. or put it like this. I'm not saying we have to be. I just can't relate to the kind of person that looks at this and just goes, there's nothing to see here. I don't know how you do it. Right. So, Keep it moving. For the, so for the record, if we're not talking about it on the show, it's mostly because I like to wait for these things to kind of gather more and more evidence. Right. I know a lot of people like to report these things immediately and have a hot take. And I'm not really that way about this kind of stuff. Um, I would much rather have all the evidence kind of laid out. Um, or at least some of the, some, like some time passed, the emotions kind of died down and then talk about it. Um, you know, cause, uh, ultimately, man, it's like when I hear this shit, I just immediately get upset. So, um, speaking of being upset, uh, Elaine, um, Ellen Powell is a woman who, uh, is suing, um, uh, her former employer and it's really gotten a big, uh, a lot of attention because it's happening in Silicon Valley, which 
is mostly a male dominated world of venture capital mm-hmm. um you know a lot of tech startups a lot of uh companies that become you know big deals come out of that area and um you know obviously mostly rich white and male and young right so there's a lot of inner workings there socially and morally that might you know that we don't really have a, a eye into we sometimes get an experience of uh figuring hearing about the shit through like like kind of like secondhand like how we look at how people treat um the harassment on twitter and we're like man these people have a real blind spot about how women and people of color are treated on twitter correct you know what they i'm saying they won't even address the issues right? right they don't really have any tools designed for helping people out and we like see the importance of it right and, and that kind of gives you a clue into like hmm, their mentality must not really be privy to these type of uh issues and that's what happened when you don't have diversity well her lawsuit is shedding a lot of light on that uh she's seeking 16 million dollars from clean kleiner and says she was discriminated against while working there Kleiner has denied uh, Powell's allegations. Its lead attorney, Lynn Hermel, uh, was repeatedly, has repeatedly asserted that Powell didn't have the necessary skills to become a successful venture capitalist. The trial is far from over, but here are some revelations they've heard so far. The top VC firm partners make a lot of money. They usually get a percentage of the firm's net free income. The profits left over after operating expenses and investors are paid. Sue Bigleri, Kleiner's CFO testified that some partners made two to five times more money as a general partner than a junior partner like Powell was. Ellen Powell made about $516,000 at Kleiner in 2011, but she could have made as much as $3 million a year as a general partner. That that lost net fee income is part of why Powell is seeking $16 million in damages. Interestingly, Powell has made an investing part, was made an investing partner at Kleiner, even though at least one partner didn't think she'd be very good at it. Uh, there was a, several allegations of a locker room atmosphere on a private jet trip with partners Ted Schleen and Dan Rosenweig, the CEO of Shag, a Kleiner Investment. Rosenweig allegedly talked about visiting the Playboy Mansion and wanting to go to a Victoria's Secret show. Rosenweig also allegedly said he wanted Yahoo CEO Marissa Meyer uh, to join Shag's board because she was really hot. But Schleen didn't do much to rein in Rosenweig. I don't remember trying to stop it, he said. Um, yeah, I think when you have a lot of money and shit and you got a boys club, you, you just figure that the women who are there just need to get used to it. So you want to talk about how hot the CEO is and shit, you know, you're going to do it. Another female partner testified she was harassed at Kleiner. Trey Vasallo, a former partner, testified to her sexual harassment complaints against another former Kleiner partner, Ajit Nazir, or Nazri. Uh, Vasalo claimed Nazri had pursued her once in 2009 and again on a business trip in New York in 2011. Nazri allegedly promised to introduce Vasalo to someone who would help her with one of her ventures at a dinner, but that person never showed up. After the dinner, Nazri showed up at her hotel room in, the bathroom, in a bathrobe and slippers. I eventually pushed him out and closed the door. Vasalo testified after an independent investigator found Vasalo's claims were justified, they fired, the firm fired Nazri. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, they did fire him. Women allegedly have a harder time getting promoted in 2008. Doris said on stage in a panel with Sequoia's Mike Morris that the best tech entrepreneurs were usually white male nerds. 
Door's conversation with Morris was played in court by Powell's attorney. The implication was that Door had an implicit bias against women, though he lamented the pathetic lack of women in venture capital in his testimony. Two former female partners at Kleiner, Mary Meeker and Aline Lee, had a hard time getting promoted. Uh, than other men at the firm. Lee never began, became a managing partner at Kleiner and instead found her own VC firm, uh, founded her own VC firm, Cowboy Ventures. Uh, Powell's attorney had also tried to imply that women were excluded at Kleiner. Uh, Xi Hua Ching, another former partner, organized an all make, uh, Kleiner ski trip to Vail. All male? Oh, all male. Okay. Yeah. No, that's a typo then. They put make. Okay. An all-male Kleiner ski trip to Vail as well as dinner with Al Gore where only men were invited. Uh, these stories may not be enough to prove the firm discriminate against Powell. That requires specific types of evidence. And there was lots of other testimony about performance reviews that may be more relevant. But they do shine a light into the day-to-day struggles that many women face in traditionally male-dominated business and industries like finance. I believe all of this. Yeah. This is one of those things where um, I feel like for most people – it's it's like it's not gonna raise an eyebrow because they just assume that it's like that anyway. Right. Um. You know. And, and I then hope she get all her money. And then even the women that make it in that industry or make it in male dominated industries typically have to have adopted the same attitudes towards women as the male counterpart. Right. Because if you really trying to move and shake and change shit, they gonna get you up out of there quick before you get any power. Yeah, I mean, we'll see what happens with that, um, because I don't think the trial's over yet. But mm-hmm. I hope she wins. I hope she gets every goddamn dime. Yeah. Um. Uh, speaking of uh, getting every goddamn dime, Pharrell and Robin Thicke had to come up off that money for Marvin Gaye, though. They sure did. Marvin Gaye family, like, mm, time to get paid. Mm-hmm. He not happy no more. Yeah, because I'm broke. Hmm. Um, yeah, jury's. I'll keep doing the voice. Yeah. <laughs> Which is funny because, uh, I remember the, the beginning of the trial where they talked about testimony and shit. It was kind of funny that Pharrell was being like, yeah, Robin Thicke basically just put his name on the song. He didn't actually have anything to do with it. And Robin Thicke was like, yeah, that's right. Cause he didn't want to come off that money. Mm-hmm. Like, wow. Uh, but yeah, they lost, uh, 7.4 million. Uh, got awarded to Gay's family. Um, uh, Blur Lines is the biggest hit of 2013, and uh, it sounded like Marvin Gaye's 1977 hit got to give it up. Uh, Gaye's children sued the singers in 2013 and were present when the verdict was read. Nona Gaye wept as the verdict was being read and was hugged by her attorney. Right now, I feel free, Nona Gaye said after the verdict, free from Pharrell Williams and Robert Thicke's chains. And what they tried, what they tried to keep on us and the lies that were told. Right, cause their thing is like, you probably had to pay at the wazoo, but it'd have been cheaper to pay for the rights than to actually go through this lawsuit. Yeah, I feel like Robin Thicke was the most scummiest of the people. Cause his whole thing was, I just put my name on it. You want to take the credit. Right, you wanted to get the, you wanted to get the credit right away, right? You wanted the money. Right. But when it's time to pay up, it's like, I ain't had nothing to do with this, y'all. Williams testified he crafted the song in about in yeah, an hour. Cause he's like, I can't give y'all money and my wife money too. Williams testified that he cra- crafted the song in about an hour in mid 2012. He told jurors that while Gay's music was part of the soundtrack of his youth, he didn't use any of it in blurred lines. 
uh gays lawyer uh branded williams and thick liars who went beyond trying to emulate the sound of the late 1970s music and copy got to give it up outright um i mean it was one of those things where i could hear it and i was like i just remember like i said i'm not a i'm not a music expert but like you could just hear it and be like them them niggas gonna lose that suit and then got to give it up about a 45 minute song Look at music. You know, and maybe they subconsciously copied the baseline and all that shit just without thinking about it. It don't matter to his family. Yeah. Um, so yeah, they won, uh, the fight. Uh, the, the album sold more than 7.3 million copies in the U.S. alone. Mm-hmm. Earned a Grammy Award nomination and netted Williams and Thick more than $5 million each. The case was a struggle between two of music's biggest names. Williams has sold more than 100 million records worldwide during his career as a single slash producer. And Gay performed hits such as Sexual Healing and How Sweet It Is uh, to Be Loved by You, which remained popular. Uh, during closing arguments, Bush accused Thick and Williams of lying about how the song was created. He told jurors they could award Gay's children millions of dollars if they determined the copyright they got to give it up was infringed. Howard King, lead, lead attorney for Williams and Thick, told the panel that a verdict in favor of Gay's family would have a chilling effect on musicians who were trying to recreate a genre or homage to another artist's sound. King denied that there were any substantial similarities between Blurred Lines and the sheet music Gay submitted to obtain copyright protection. All right, Vanilla Ice. Williams, 41, also signed a document stating that he didn't use any artist, other artist's work in the music and would be responsible if a successful copyright claim was raised. The trial focused on detailed analysis of chords and notes in both blurred lines and got to give it up. Yeah, just pay them people for the rights. They got laws to say, hey, if if I allow you, you pay me, and you can do what the fuck you want to do with the song once that happens. Yeah. Um, And the way they got them was, instead of playing the song, got to give it up, they played the sheet music uh version so that there's no there's no singing on top of it because i think the singing is what throws people off because it's like that you gotta love like people hear that and they're like oh that's what how's that the same as they don't care nothing about that they look at this they're looking at this yeah you just play the bass line all of a sudden it's like that's the same damn song yes it is oh man so yeah, they got they got hit up. Marvin Gaye, of course, is dead. He died April 1984, leaving his children the copyrights to his music, mm-hmm. and they just came up. Yes, they did. Well, it cost a lot less to settle and mm-hmm. sample it. Correct. I mean, you wouldn't have been spending that much. You might have even spent a million. Now you between y'all, it's seven. Yep. Um. 
the University uh, of Ohio, uh, Oklahoma is being going to possibly be sued by the SAEs, the racist frat. What? Put them out because they're racist? Uh, yeah, can. Can always do that. Um. News Channel 4's Abby Boyles in our newsroom with the exclusive new information tonight. Abby. Tonight, we can tell you the local chapter of Sigma Alpha Epsilon plans to pursue legal action against the University of Oklahoma and possibly President David Boren. The group has hired high-profile attorney Stephen Jones to represent them. I spoke with Jones earlier. He says the group is outraged over President Boren shutting down the fraternity house and branding all SAE members as racists and bigots. Jones says the two men have apologized sincerely for their remarks, and now the incident is being exploited. He said they lack judgment in a social setting, but they should not be tarred and feathered as racists. Now, the group is looking at all options as far as litigation. I'm told the decision to hire Jones came at an emergency meeting held by SAE members and alumni. We'll continue to follow it. Back to you. All right, Abby. Thank you very much. Shouldn't be tarred and feathered as racist. I mean, it's like they're tar babies or babies made of tar or something. You know what I mean, Karen? You know what I like about it is, it's once again, well, the only thing worse than being racist is being called out for it. Correct. You know, like I can call them niggers, but I mean, you ain't got to call me racist for using the word niggers. You know, the SAE really takes the brother out of brotherhood and puts the hood in there even more. They have no problem with the hood. Mm-hmm. It should just be hood hood because... Uh, they like wearing hoods, but they don't like them brothers. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, it's amazing, honestly. Like, I, I don't, I don't understand how you had a, well, no, I do understand how you had audacity to see. Mm-hmm. You just don't get it. Correct. You're not used to anyone ever telling you. No, are no, you wrong? Yeah. So. I hope they motherfucking lose. It's dumb. So, People get outraged and you sue. Yep, cause hey, shouldn't be calling me racist for doing racist shit. So I say hang a nigga from a tree, and y'all think that make me racist? Wow, what kind of world is this? <laughs> yeah, but a white man can't can't roam free and be racist without any penalties. Uh, after drinking two Secret Service agents. Allegedly crashed their car into the White House barricades. I thought, I thought we had the president's secret service detail seen till, till team six on this already. Mm-hmm. Like what are the new dudes fucking up to? Mm-hmm. Sound like he got Benny Hinn watching him. What the fuck is happening? Secret service dudes get fucked up. Like the, your whole job is to protect the president of the United States. And you're like, fuck it. Uh, adding to what is becoming a long list of President Barack Obama's Secret Service agents dropping the ball or behaving inappropriately, the Washington Post reporting that two senior agents, senior agent, wow, attended a party, consumed alcohol, and allegedly crashed their government car in the security barricades that was positioned by the White House on March 4th. One of the agents is a top member of the president's security detail. Uh, the other Secret Service agents who were at the scene reportedly wanted to arrest the two agents and test their alcohol levels, but According to the Post report, they were told not to by a superior on duty that night. 
Oh, yeah, he's going to lose his job. Trying to cover it up. All right. Secret Service Director Joseph P. Clancy said that an investigation of the incident would take place and be led by the Department of Homeland Security Inspector General. Given that the agents at the center of the investigation hold senior posts, Clancy was just appointed to the job last month after his predecessor stepped down amid a string of embarrassing incidents that had the American public questioning the Secret Service's integrity and ability to protect the president. Only the president that has been threatened the most times ever in the history of presidency yep add the rest of them together even the ones that are dead and right you will not get up to what barack obama's got a spokesman for the secret service said that the agency will cooperate with the investigation if misconduct is identified appropriate action will be taken based on established rules and regulations man you know what's funny is like back in the day like part of the reason president barack obama is the most threatened president ever it's because it's so much easier to do it now. Because, mm-hmm. you know, back in the day, you really needed to hate the president to threaten him. Right. You had to get an ink. Matter of fact, you had to learn to read. Right. To write properly. See, you needed, like, ink a quill. and a quill. And then you had to get parchment. No. And you had to wait days for the Dicey Postal Service to deliver it. Ah! Hoping that it got there on time. Yes, and I get that three years later. Talking in old fashioned old English and shit and like probably probably have probably the most polite death threats ever. Because, ah! you know, back then they didn't have all that like, hey motherfucker, I'll kill your ass. Mm-hmm. Like it, you know, it was a lot of like dearest uh dearest George Washington. Sincerely yours, psycho. Yeah. I certainly hope the weather does not find you in good health. May your wooden teeth be as rotten to the core as your integrity, sir, I do say. (laughs) May your real hair be as white as that wig that you wear, sir. I shall challenge you to fisticuffs (laughs) by the Delaware River. Designate the time. I've designated the place. Um, I know get a response 18 years later. Right. Martha, how is she doing? I hope everything's fine with her. You know, we don't talk bad about the women. <laughs> <laughs> we leave women out of this. Look, guys, we're having some technical difficulties here. You may or may not have lost part of this podcast, but we're going to keep it rolling. Um, <laughs> like we always do, and hopefully we can fix it in the no, On in the, the back post. side. Yeah, on the back side. Uh, Kathy Griffin's leaving the fashion police. Um... Fetch police losing more police than uh Ferguson. Ain't they though? They quitting like flies. Yeah, and I think the 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 problem here is that Joan Rivers is gone. Right. Uh Joan Rivers, not because Joan Rivers is so fucking funny and all this shit. No. Kathy Griffin uh just came in at the wrong time in society. Mm-hmm. The only way to deliver a joke now, especially jokes about what people are wearing, what they look like and shit, you need to not give a fuck what they think. Right. Because if you care, this, that's not the job for you. Like one of the things I love about Joan Rivers, and, that, and this is a thing I love about a lot of people that, you know, the people I look up to that I think are funny, are people that don't apologize for the fucking jokes. Right. Like I hate when people only apologize for a joke because it didn't land well or because... Mm-hmm um because it's popular to talk bad about them Mm -hmm. but but they meant the joke 
they thought it was funny when it came out of their mouth and it just didn't land or some people wrote a blog about it and now you're apologizing like no not to mention those people never forgive you correct no matter what you do no matter how many times you apologize so fuck them yeah you're wasting your time man and energy um but it's sad though because during the comments uh juliana rancic made which was about the patchouli oil smelling uh zendaya uh was was like the joke was that she smelled like patchouli oil because she had these big ass like dreadlocks and shit i don't even know what the hell that is patchouli oil is just this oil that white people use on their dreadlocks when and associated with hippies and shit okay it's like to cover up the smell because like in order for white hair to like mat up in the dreadlocks typically you got to get a little funky get a little muck in there and then you cover it up with the patchouli oil smell and then people say oh patchouli oil stinks and White people smell like patchouli oil that are hippies, and, and there's a bunch of jokes around that. Sometimes people say it about black people, but um, I've that was one stereotype I had never heard of, really. Um, and I think Juliana Rosick wasn't really thinking of uh, black people at all when she made the joke. Uh, if anything, I'd say the add-on, the tag that Kathy Griffin said when she said in weed, you know, uh, I thought they were both on the same page. It was just these are she looks like a hippie. Now Zendaya went and put a, a post on Instagram that basically accused them of being racist and say, you know, all these other people that had their hair like this and this is a stereotype you want to promote and it's very hurtful. She accepted the apology because uh, Juliana Ronsick did apologize. But then right after that, Kelly Osborne left. Now, I think Kelly was ready to go. Yeah, that seemed like a person that was just tired of being there. Right. She was, oh, 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 today? Oh, 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 if anything happened today, I'm out the front door. Yeah, Kathy Griffin left. And then um, that was it, you know. So uh, how many people on the crew? I think it was only like three or four. All right. Uh, and then you know, Joan Rivers was, and the, to me, this just says Juliana Rosick's probably hard to work with. But Joan Rivers would have made that same joke if not further, right? And would have been like, "I don't give a fuck." Yes, y'all. I like said I'm it. joking. Like, and that is something I respect so much. Like, I don't really have a lot of respect for comedians that do all the him and the how and the, to like, just the popularity of, of it. Like, even comedians that I vehemently disagree with the punchline and the methodology of their jokes, I like them more when they just go, I was joking. I'm not going to fucking do the game with you. Right. These are jokes. I tell things that aren't true for a living so that you can laugh. If you don't laugh, I understand. But that doesn't change the fact that I don't mean it because it's a fucking joke. Right. right? I like those people. I think Whitney Cummings did it one time when she made a joke about veterans and shit. And then veteran, oh, you need to apologize to the army. She's like, fuck you. No. Like, it's a goddamn joke. You know, um, mm-hmm. so, uh, Joan Rivers did it before she died when she said the joke about Michelle Obama being a tranny. And people was like, well, don't you want to apologize for that? And she's like, no, it's a joke. And I'm like, I don't, I think Michelle Obama, of course not. That's a ridiculous joke, but it's a joke. And I'm so glad she didn't apologize. I'm tired of that shit. Don't apologize. Mm -hmm. You meant it. Just deal with the backlash. Right. You meant it. Yeah. And most of these people have insulated themselves in their careers to a point where even with people being mad, it's not going to really affect them anyway. Mm -mm. So, you know, and like I said, I love John Rivers because of that, man. You know, on the podcast, I made a bunch of fucked up jokes about her when she died because that's what she would do, man. I right. would. And people swear that they like love and worship these type of comedians, but they don't. 
they don't man at the end of the day a lot of them still shit on these people and they don't really like have any true respect for what they did but i respect mm-hmm. that she put herself on the line for these motherfucking jokes and she would have said that shit about zendaya i double fucking guarantee you she would have looked at you and said fuck you it was a joke the end right like it would and the show would have kept going the reason the show can't go right now is it has no integrity mm-hmm. everyone's coming out apologizing every five minutes yeah, you can't have a show like that where you're talking, criticizing, bash people about fashion. You're going to constantly be a goddamn apologizing. Yeah, um, so she released a statement on Twitter. Um, uh, she, cause after the, uh, Bachulio thing, it said, I thought that I could bring my brand of humor to fashion police so that beautiful people in beautiful dresses could be teased when appropriate. My brand of humor, while unrepentant and unafraid, is all about context. There's plenty to make fun of in pop culture without bringing people's bodies into it. Again, people, context. Listen, I'm not a saint. I'm not, I'm a feminist and a girl who loves an offensive joke or a well-timed barb, and you will find plenty in my repertoire, but I do not want to use my comedy to contribute to a culture of unattainable perfectionism and intolerance towards towards difference. Well, this is what you signed up for. What did you think the show was for Fashion Police? There's going to be a very inclusive show where you just sit around and talk good about people. Right. Have you been on Twitter during any... First of all, with Twitter, we don't need Fashion Police anymore because people on Twitter gonna shit on y'all shit on these people outfits way before y'all can and way better but um because twitter ain't got to worry about losing their jobs over it <laughs> most twitter people just go on there and be like so-and-so's a fat bitch and you're like jesus christ you're like a garbage train bitch you're like good grief I'm like you kiss your mother with that mouth um but uh she said after seven episodes of fashion police i discovered that my style does not fit with the creative direction of the show and now it's time to move on yeah because she needed to be the heavy hitter the comedian that they bring in man or woman needs to be the one willing to take the swing and the hard joke and everyone else just kind of piles on to what they're saying already and if anybody has a problem with it you just go back to well it's john rivers or it's so-and-so and then we all go yeah i guess you can't say shit about that right right uh you know who i think would be good at it joe McHale. oh he'd be excellent at it because joe McHale don't give a fuck he gives zero fucks about what y'all got to say he'll he talk mean about people pretty much every week for 30 minutes live mm-hmm. and uh i should be good at it too yeah, Daniel Tosh would be, they can't get Daniel Tosh. <laughs> yeah. They can't get Daniel Tosh. Tosh should be excellent. Tosh, Tosh make way too much money to fuck with them. Um, oh, no, no, no. Yeah, yeah. yeah he, he'll he, never sign up for it. But yeah, Jail McHale is on E. That's the only reason I'm saying maybe they could get him to do it. Cause, uh, Daniel, yeah, Daniel Tosh. And Daniel Tosh's jokes to me aren't really celebrity jokes as much as they're like, like he's good at race humor and shit like that and right. gender and shit like looking like the bully when he's making himself look stupid but i don't know man yeah, I, joe, McC- joe McHale would be great at this he'll actually be great he it will be a simple shift over for him i could see him doing it and having a blast plus tosh got dinged once and apologized i'll never forget that that rape joke thing yeah. he apologized for because he didn't want to lose the show correct i'm not saying i don't understand but it's you know whenever it happens i'm always like yeah you didn't really believe in that material and i'll never defend it like you'll never catch me defending a motherfucker that backpedals on their own material then right. don't say it um so yeah man she uh uh also put on what is this twitter how'd she get this many characters in a tweet jesus christ anyway she says well she got twit longer 
yeah let me introduce myself how, book? what's how, happening here yeah how my name is kathy griffin i'm 54 have written and started started in 23 comedy stand-up stand-up comedy specials i have two emmys a grammy and new york times number one bestseller decades of activism for the lgbt community have performed for the troops in afghanistan and iraq among many other things when i chose to step into the shoes of a beloved friend joan rivers as fashion police I was thrilled to continue her legacy as a woman being brash and eccentric on television. I'm a freedom-loving female and gay rights activist who loves to find the funny in all people, attitudes, beliefs, and appearances, but only when the context permits intelligent humor. I thought that I could bring my brand of humor to fashion police so that the beautiful people in beautiful dresses could be teased when appropriate. Yeah, already right there, I'm kind of tapping out because I don't even like this idea of, well, we're going to pick on the people that we think need to be taken down a peg right so it's like okay Gwyneth Paltrow will talk bad about her but Lupita Nyong'o we're not gonna make a joke because we all know obviously she you know in a condescending almost patronizing way we can't make a joke about her because she's not traditionally beautiful so already you're picking favorites even like by telling me who you won't make a joke about you're already saying well that person's fat that person's black that person's uh gay that person you know which is like that's not really unrepentant or unafraid comedy Mm-mm. that's you know then don't do it correct cancel the, cancel the whole show just don't right, do the show which is probably what they need to do yeah so um anyway so she won't be doing it um which you know like i said it sounds like she realized that it was the trappings of what can go wrong there and mm. it's a lot of work right and for if, nothing right and if you're not willing to just stand by what you said it ain't for you yeah and it's really just time has passed for that shit uh powder alcohol has gotten a green light from the feds alcohol back baby i can't wait where do I find some? I don't want none of that bullshit. Go to the ABC store. I can't wait Mm-mm. to start snorting my alcohol like a real man. Mm-mm. I don't want none of that. You can't stir it in and, and mix it in like some goodies powder. They said they hope they had to sell, come have it for sale this summer. Uh, the fruit of his product in an email early Wednesday morning. He noted, but wasn't immediately available for further comment. Mm-mm. Yeah, man. I'm ready. Mm-mm. Let's do it. Mm-mm. Tiger uh has confirmed his relationship with Kylie Kylie Jenner in the cutest way possible via Instagram. And what a police arrest his goddamn grown ass. He wrote certain things catch your eye, but only a few capture the heart. It's a picture of Kylie Jenner. To which I say, uh, why aren't the police capturing your ass? Right. Um a lot of people like, how you gonna say this, you know? how you gonna say this is bad or whatever it's like uh because she a kid and it's illegal right you know because of the law pretty cut Fuck and how dry. you feel the law says it's wrong yeah see pretty cut and dry um you a kid and it's illegal dog i mean she a kid and it's illegal not to mention just being fucking 25 dating a 17 year old the maturity of a 25 year old is completely different than the maturity of a 17 i just can't even picture bringing around um when i'm 25 bringing a 17 year old around my friends like let's go out nigga what bit bitch you can't drink you can't smoke you can't do nothing facebook has removed the feeling fat emoticon under pressure from online activists you used to could put you know how it says how are you feeling 
Mm-hmm. You could put fill in and then pick a pick a smiley, and one of them was fat. And uh, online activists said, "Nah, that shit ain't cool." So Facebook took it off. Now I do like that Facebook is one of the more forward thinking people about their platform. I really wish Twitter would take a fucking hint from that because yeah. I do think it's it pays to be proactive and listen to people. True. Sometimes I think they err on the side of caution. Yes. And uh, you know maybe this is one of those those kinds. Yeah, but um, this wasn't that important. But people, you know, posted pictures that said fat is not a feeling, um, and stuff like that. Um, it gathered more than sixteen thousand signatures. Uh, it's been among the lengthy list of feelings and activities that users can provide when updating their statuses, along with feeling blessed, love, drunk, you know, stuff like that. Uh, so the company removed it. Um, as someone said, I feel so happy that I've helped eliminate one form of body shaming, hatred on the internet. I'll just say this as a fat person. I don't feel like that's hatred or body shaming for someone. Mm-hmm. Like when, like if I have a friend that like ate a whole bunch of food or, you know, or, they're, or they're hungry and they're like, oh, my inner fat boy said I need them fries. I don't go, what the fuck did you just say to me? Right. only we can say that word skinny man you know what i mean like i don't i don't have that hang up particularly but i can understand some people do you know you have eating disorders um yeah, yeah. the eating disorders aren't called fat yeah but you know but there's eating disorders where people think they're fat when they're not like bulimia and that's true uh you know being anorexic and shit like that um i'm i mean if that's the fight that people want to fight and facebook took it down and they took it down but that's true i'll just say personally i would never feel mm-hmm. that way you know what yeah, i mean uh, yeah they put like this if you want to fight the fight don't allow them to make uh fan pages for fuck boy shit like you know how um oh uh dude that shot up uh virginia tech had somebody created a facebook page for him and you know every time something happens some people make the most ridiculous facebook pages and and you call and you do the thing on Facebook and Facebook be like, oh, nothing wrong. Protest that bullshit. Well, I think some of them do protest those things. Also, they put feeling stuffed. You can still use that. It still has the same, like, the fat emoji, but feeling stuffed. Uh, and feeling ugly, you can still do that one. So what about the I'm sure that's the next problem? one people will take down. Right. What about the people that says that nobody in the world is ugly? Yeah. I understand, Karen. You sound pretty upset about it. Um, I am. What, now, what bothers you about it? Hmm? What bothers you about it? Oh, what bothers me is that there's other things you can be fighting other than the emoticons on Facebook. But it's not either or. You can fight all that shit at the same time if you want to. That's true. I just think it's dumb. I'm sorry. There you go. Well, that's fine. That's, I knew you can get to the bottom of it. <laughs> you just think it's stupid. Right. That's fine. I mean, sixteen is to me. It was only sixteen thousand signatures, which is a drop in the bucket compared to the billions of people that they don't use Facebook. Facebook. Yeah, right. they could have just said "fuck y'all," but uh, they didn't, man. They went ahead and said, uh, "Let's go ahead and do it." Um, let's see. Uh, Suge Knight said he blind from glaucoma as complications of his diabetes, and that's why he ran them people over. P O P on it down. What? P.O.P. on me down. What they got to do with Suge Knight? Then she said she was legally blind in that video. (laughs) (laughs) She did. Yes, she did. (laughs) Legally blind. That's true. That is true. 
uh so he said uh <laughs> he said that he couldn't see him man so that's why you accurately ran over both of them oh shit i'm surprised i remember that <laughs> uh my wife is a cheater is spray painted on a arvada home that caught fire <laughs> and then the man got arrested of course he did um i'm gonna set fire to this house oh wait this could be guest race what am i doing i didn't even realize that i they they added a picture for the culprit now at the time they didn't have a picture we'll save that for guest race one day um all right let's see what else happened uh maybe was there anything else i wanted to cover oh yeah that was actually a couple things i wanted to cover um Terrence Howard wants to say the N-word on Empire. Taraji P. Henson said no. Um, which is funny because they already said faggot and Taraji P. Henson was the one who said it. Right. They said, they said Negroes. Um, yeah, yeah, he said Negroes, but that's not the same. I don't think Co- it's even close. Correct. Uh, Empire has proved to be an envelope pusher with bold storylines that include homophobia and mental health. Show doesn't skip a beef and address the poignant issues in the black community, but one actor says the show is not authentic enough in the language it uses. Terrence Howard, who plays Lucius Lyon, feels that to become even more genuine, Empire needs to cut out some of the political correctness regarding the N-word. In an interview with Entertainment Weekly, the actor gave a defense of using the N-word. If we start getting silly, if we start playing to people's fancies, then we don't deserve to be where we are. It's a big pressure because I want to be a truth sayer. I want to raise the bar. I want to get rid of this fucked up word called PC. Already this is stupid. (laughs) Fucked up word called PC. PC stands for something, sir. Political correctness. Yes, it is. And it's more than one word. And it ain't your computer. Right. And it's more than one word. It's not personal computer, sir. I think it's a gate for bigotry because as long as you're politically correct, you can say anything you want but feel some way. What? So feel some way different. I'm mad they don't want to say nigger on the show, he continued. Why is TV showing something different from the reality of the world? Why is that thing called censorship that pe- stop people from hearing everyday talk? We use nigger every day. It's become part of a conversation. Why aren't we using it on the show? Because uh, every- of the time frame you come on? Yeah, yeah, because it's not on HBO, bro. Right, you're not on Cinemax. Yeah, just be happy you're getting the checks, bro. Uh, not everyone yeah, agrees. Fuck your Iron Man money up. Not everyone agrees with. Yeah, he gonna fuck up. All, this is what. See, that's how he lost Iron Man. Right. Like you just had to fuck it up. Fuck up a good thing. Like I know the cast. Like nigga, shut up. Right. We they, say nigga off camera all the time. Right. They was like, can y'all kill his character and get somebody else to, to, to yeah. take his place? Like, I, I mean, don't he got ALS? Can we speed up his ALS? <laughs> Process, yes. Bring in Denzel or something. Um, I know how the, the makeup artist Den- can't wait. Denzel so play. they can stop having seven types of weed for his hair. Right. Uh, Denzel play Lucy's line. I'm all the way in. Uh, yeah, the centers include David Rambo, who's a writer and co-executive producer of the show in an interview with TMZ. Rambo said that a white writer has no business deciding whether the N-word should be used. Lee Daniel also seems to think the word has no place on the show. Last year, Daniel said the word would not be used on the show because of its negativity. Joining in against the N-word on the show is Taraji P. Henson, who plays, uh, who plays Cookie Lion. They caught up with the actress over the weekend on TMZ. 
Hey, Taraji, how you doing? Yes. Hey, do you think the show should use the N-word to be more authentic? Oh, uh, no, you might piss people off. <laughs> Thank you. There you go. That was short and sweet. Short, sweet, and to the motherfucking point. Um, but, yeah, um... I, you know, I don't think they need to use it necessarily for this show. I think they, because they've already established so much popularity without it, um, and because of what the channel that it's on, I mean, that would be some unprecedented shit. Uh, they had a poll on TMZ and 92% of the people said don't use it. So I don't know. Uh, but yeah, Terrence Howard just trying to ruin something good. Um, can't help himself. And slowly die from your ALS. Yeah, just 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 stop shaking for a second, brother. Um, now this is something that you know I typically would reserve something like this for the nerd off, but I want mm-hmm. to talk about it here. Um, I'm sure we'll be doing a nerd off soon, but I want to talk about this here anyway. Um, DC Comics did a variant cover cover for um, uh, Batgirl. What does that mean? A variant cover is not the cover that is going to be on the actual um, comic comic book, but it'll be like on certain off issues that you can pay more for. They can become collector's like, editions. Oh, like a special edition where they mm-hmm. do like a special uh, cover design? Yeah, like we're only going to make 14 of these. So, um, you know, it'll, people will start collecting them. People want to see them and shit like that. Okay, and they're worth more yeah okay yeah a lot of times they're worth more i put the picture up there now what it is is that uh barbara gordon who is commissioner gordon gordon's uh daughter uh well she was batgirl back in the day she got shot in the back she got paralyzed in this book called the killing joke in 1988 i used to own this i might still own it um and you know it's one of the sickest stories like uh joker shows up at her house shoots her in the back take pictures of her naked. Oh. Um, then he takes Commissioner Gordon, kidnaps him, forces him to go through, uh, like, amusement park, uh, like, one of those rides where it's not quite a roller coaster, but you just, it kind of, like, takes you through the theme park and, you know, like a haunted house or something, and things pop out at you and shit. Mm-hmm. And it was full of pictures of his daughter, you know, naked and, and bleeding and in pain. Wow. And he basically tried to drive Gordon crazy. And at the end, he kind of gives Gordon a gun. He's like, you know, kill me, basically, because his whole point was I'm going to prove that you can turn a good man into what I am, which is insane and evil. And, you know, it was all about would Batman be there in time to stop him. Uh, okay. But, of course, Gordon doesn't become as crazy as Joker and doesn't kill him because uh, nobody ever kills Joker. And... um and then, you know, story ends, but Barbara's paralyzed and she remained paralyzed for a long time. She becomes Oracle, which a lot of people know her as, She's you know, like the brains behind Batman, the person that gives them all the, you know, hey, this is here, you know, here, these here's the location of this. Here's the technical aspect of that. Um, and while she, you know, is also still competent at, um, you know, like technical aspects and, and helping out the team, you know, she's still in a wheelchair for all these years. And eventually, uh, over like, I think the last couple of years, since they relaunched the title, she regained her ability to walk. And now she's back to being Batgirl in the costume again. And now I don't know why she's still so young. Like she's in college right now and all this shit, but I don't care. Right. The point being, I've been reading it 
uh, Batgirl for a long time. I've been reading it, especially since the new 52. It's been excellent. One of my favorite reads, Batgirl. It's not like the 52s, whatever that series is just a reboot of a lot of this stuff. Yeah, okay. yeah. Like, they rebooted basically everything in DC. They started over at zero. So, um, I really enjoy the character, and the character is a lot of it about, um, uh, kind of like reclaiming your power. <clears throat> like learning to, you know, and figuratively and literally learning to walk again and then becoming this badass action crime fighter person again and all this stuff. And it's cool, you know, and over the years, you know, J- J- Joker has been around in these comics and stuff like that. Uh, the Joker also fucked up Jason Todd at one point, beat him with a crowbar and, oh. you know, and, and, the, and people came to Red Robin and all this stuff. So there's a lot of, violence with joker and all this stuff and Mm -hmm. he's the crazy wild card but they put this cover out and the cover is him with his arm around barbara holding a gun her her eyes are just filled with terror there's like tears coming down he's taking his finger and smearing like some red paint or blood on her mouth to look like a joker smile and it is terrifying you know what i mean um Mm -hmm. you know it is terrifying but you you basically end up seeing that you know she's taken back to this spot and the difference with um jason todd like because people were like well yeah that's the worst moment and they're just trying to do a comic book the very the, to like play on this the difference with, with with jason todd is that jason todd has his own comic book too red hood and the outlaws they would never do a cover like this. They would never do a cover where he was crying and Joker was holding a crowbar and he was, you know, and smearing blood all over him or some shit like that. Like, I feel like part of this is the fact that she's a woman. You know what I mean? Correct. And I don't know how anyone can look at, um, um, I don't know how anybody can look at this cover and, and not think that, you know, it's, it's because she's a woman that is this way. Right. That power he has over her. Yeah, so yeah, that's, um, that's what that's what you're displaying. Yeah, like especially when you have like, uh, you know, when you have like someone uh holding you or like that. Um, hold on, someone saying Tim became Red Hood. I guess Wikipedia got it wrong, and me too, because I mean, Jason Todd became a Red Hood from my understanding. Um, I'll let y'all look. I'm gonna put this link in chat. Y'all, y'all go through this. Uh, I'm pretty sure the Red Hood was, pretty sure it was Jason Todd. I don't, now I'm getting into a nerd off on this shit. I gotta go look it up. <laughs> you know, I don't know. Uh, in 2005, under the Red Hood story arc, the character was resurrected, eventually becoming the second character to take up the Red Hood alias. Yeah, Jason Todd. Okay. Man, I got sidetracked. Sorry, y'all. Um, but yeah, so Jason Todd, um, they, they don't do this with him. And that is the most iconic moment for that character, but we don't keep going back to it. And I feel like with uh, Barbara Gordon, we're always brought back to this. No matter how high the character gets, no matter how independent she gets, no matter how strong she becomes, we always have to be brought back low to this moment where she was stripped naked, pictures are taken care of her, are taken of her. And, and honestly, it's the Joker. Like, all you gotta do is put the Joker on the cover and we know what it is by himself yeah, yeah. but the, like and I, I you know maybe people feel like i'm being too sensitive or something but 
when i see this picture of her it just kind of strikes of like taking a shot at her for being a woman because they don't do this to the other heroes in this genre of the batman books even though they've had similar tragedies with joker you know like it's not like it's almost like they just want to remind you like she's a little scared girl she's she's gonna be scared she's gonna turn into a little punk because he's around guys like that's how like she's back to being just a victim again and i don't like it man you know um i i don't think that they have to do this and i think uh because some people said hey man take this cover off and they did i I feel like that's proven correct even and the artists themselves the artists who drew it said please take it down Mm. yeah he's like take it down like i didn't make it my intention was not for people to be upset about this or hurt for this um he's not saying the art is terrible i'm not saying uh you know i whatever but i feel like it's not really his fault the creative team behind this should have been like no because that's not the picture of our hero that we want and it's funny because people that listen to our shows i would say are pretty savvy about race Mm -hmm. and and most other issues too but the intersection between race and gender or just the idea that you know you can't take some of those same principles and put it towards this it's funny to me because I see a couple, you know, some black people that are like, well, I mean, it's just a cover and just, it's not like it's the main cover and shit like that. But it's like, nah, you know, we had the Spider Woman cover controversy right? with the thong shit all up in her ass looking Come thing. on now. You don't see no dudes with no thongs. Right. And my point is it never happens the other way. Right. And I think that that is, that is something to be said about that right and it never happens the other way and if we can't acknowledge that then we're kidding ourselves right and and for me too and, and not and not to get off topic mm-hmm. even the way certain characters are just drawn period have you ever seen a male character with his dick oversized right yeah they're not gonna draw like uh, like spider-man might have spandex on all the time they're not gonna buy a big ass dick print right into the cover of the fucking issue they're never gonna do that so you know i you know personally man i feel like um i'm glad they did it mm-hmm. i'm glad it's gone um i i don't think it's the most important issue in the world and all this shit but if you're doing this partially because your whole thing is look we want to cater to female fans we want to get women into reading comic books we want to encourage this shit then you can't keep bringing this character back to this you know we can't keep bringing this character back to the joker standing over her limp body and and shit like that like like every moment can't be her crying with the joke in the background Um, i'll put an article up it's on comicbookresources.com and the name of the article uh was the mission the continued abuse of barbara gordon dc's batgirl and a publisher's spine uh it was only put up uh five hours ago but I'll put a link to it in the chat. I loved it. It was an excellent read. It was an excellent read, man. You know, um, so it's, you know, and like I said, it's to me, it's about trying to victimize this person back to this one moment. And I get that it's an iconic moment, but there's a way to do it without, you know, yeah, there's a way to do it. Having to make it so fucking creepy, you know, her crying and shit. It's like you take the hero out of her just to be like, look at her. She's back to. She's back to being a little girl. Back to being a victim again. And, uh, and and from, 
just the little bit that I know about a lot of these storylines, like she was strong, <clears throat> she constantly fought, you know, so it's just one of those things where uh you can tell this story and tell it in, in multiple ways. Like as long as the story's good, you know, I don't have a problem with that. Yeah. It's just the fact that uh you like you say, if 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 something like say terrible happens to a dude, you don't see him constantly like you said across the front of something over and over and over again yeah most of the time what we want like i think you just can't deny what comic books are which is a lot of placating to our ideals and wanting to be heroes correct and you can't take that out the same way that if every luke cage cover had him doing some stereotypical uh quote-unquote black stuff we will eventually somebody would say something mm-hmm. that's what happened here to me like it's not rocket science if, if if the cover has um you know luke cage like drinking kool-aid with watermelon and then the next time has him eating fried chicken and then the next time has him smoking a newport and then the next time like people are eventually gonna be like look man y'all don't do this shit with other people what's Correct. going on right you know, and I feel like this is like a turning point for Batgirl, especially if you read the comic, which most people probably aren't. So they only know this one moment of Batgirl anyway. If you read the comic, this shit is the furthest shit from what's going on in that book. And it's the furthest shit from where she's at as a character. So it's really condescending and, you know, a bit misogynistic to take the character back to this one Correct. suffering point over and over and over again to re-victimize her you know that's the whole point so i you know like i said i'm and i'm not typically a person that's really hardcore on that kind of shit but you know i feel like the good guys won getting that cover taken down it it really it really was a bad look man um and like i said i i don't i don't think they would do any male character that way never you know and and they've had males that go through tragic stuff over and over again but you never see them if, if if they're on the cover with somebody that they've had uh like bane broke batman's back right but 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 you'll never see a cover with bane like like holding batman and batman crying and shit like that like one tears. arm around batman you'll never see that shit right so a bang standing over him terrified as he cowers on the ground you're not gonna see that yeah yeah so i don't know man i mean at least not repetitively it's tw- it's 2015 right. this story happened in 19 what did you say 84 some shit 1988 some 20 some years ago yeah not now you wouldn't see a cover with bane and batman crying like a little bitch on the front now like you like at some point we move on you know same thing for red robin so uh i mean red hood so i i don't think so man um all right dog uh let's go to our segments we've chit chatted enough and i gotta fix all this shit and post anyway uh i think we pretty much did fucking with black people oh yeah 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 that, that was covered today yeah <laughs> i feel like i was fucked with definitely
We'll let the chat room pick today okay chat room y'all picking number one are you knowingly dating a deadbeat the deadbeat enabler by at nova giovanni who's been on the show before mm-hmm. finding love on the world wide web that's number two number three nas groupie sex tale number four groupie tales thanks to waka flocka i met young joey best sex ever and uh, let's do number five Groupie tells I met Trey Songs at Club Perfections. Oh Lord. So y'all go one through five and uh we'll tally up the votes here. Um Y'all pick chat room. Yeah, Karen, you keep the uh you keep the uh the, the track there and I'll play some of this thinking music. <laughs> number four all right let's go to number four which is uh groupie sex tales uh groupie tales thanks to waka flocka i met young joey best sex ever let me put young joey's picture in the chat so you guys can see the accompanying picture with the article i know who waka flocka is i do not know who the fuck a younger joey is young joey i didn't say younger joey young joey um I don't know if that's on Spotify. Let me see. Uh, young homies, artist, young Joey. Nope, I don't know. Maybe he's not an artist. Let's see what's going on with this uh, in the uh, in the article. This is a short one. I don't know who young Joey is after reading this. Should I? I mean, hey, boo. Nah, let me quit. He's a family man, LOL. Disclaimer, groupie tales are submitted by our readers. We cannot confirm 100% accuracy of any story posted. You kid me when you read that. Back in October 2012, Waka Flocka and his family had the Triple F tour in San Diego. There was a rapper by the name of Young Joey in BSM who was Waka Flocka, who was Waka's blood cousin from New York. This man was beyond sexy, I tell you. I did not know who he was at first, but he approached me and invited me to his room, and for some reason I said yes. <laughs> not for some reason. Oh, what kind of groovy is this? Is this even a groovy tale? Are you a groovy of someone you don't know who they are? <laughs> <laughs> that's it like groovy one-on-one right like right how can you be a groupie for a random ass no-name nigga you related ain't you i don't know who you are but i'm a groupie for you now <laughs> apparently that's how it works i go up to his room and from there it got crazy he just started rubbing on my pussy then telling me to bend over oh he was just holding me tight it felt so good this man takes out his dick and oh my god this motherfucker was too big he put that thing in me and I fell in love with it. My pussy made him come way too fast. So he went for another round 10 minutes later and I fell in love. Best sex ever in my life. Ah. He, 
he then rolled around and fell his ass right to sleep i felt like i accomplished something he isn't well known but he is sexy the sad thing about it is that he has a beautiful girl i mean this bitch is bad even when she was pregnant she was bad and a lot of females don't look so good when they are pregnant but anyways he has beautiful family he really just cheated on her if i had knew that's what he had at home i would not have done what we did that night but damn uh comments nala says girl lol you're a groupie you could have did better and fucked someone like uh let's say waka flocka right but you here fucking the third string on the tour (laughs) (laughs) the bass player (laughs) the person who the person who ain't nobody but cool related to your favorite artist Les supernova says yeah i don't know nayla she did say it was good and you know that trumps about everything <laughs> nayla goes back and says i'm happy it was good but ain't nothing to brag about lol tawny baby says i don't know because i heard th- some things about walker that will make me still clear of that and from his pick he isn't that bad looking but there are holes in the story so i'm over her for that but he looked good and she said sex was top notch Black Butterfly says, rolling on the floor laughing at my pussy made him come way too fast. (laughs) Phoenix says, wait. So no one noticed she looked at it after he already had put it in, pulled it out. Definitely a young groupie tail shaking my head. But Black Butterfly says, laugh my ass off. Nope, at Phoenix didn't even notice that. Allie in Wonderland says, uh, she said if she knew he had a family, she wouldn't have done it. Yes, you would have, ho. Stop the shenanigans. <laughs> Miss, you can never get enough, says he is sexy, though. Desiree says, I felt like I accomplished something. What the fuck? How <laughs> did Desiree write this? Mickey says, everyone, everybody has a weakness. Nicole says, laugh my ass off and my pussy made him come fast. Dead, but real talk. Harpo, who this man? <laughs> <laughs> His addiction says, no, Phoenix. She said she ran. She looked at it. Then he put it in. Nonetheless, the ish was entertaining. And so Luscious just says, hmm. <laughs> she's, she's, a, she's above all y'all's pettiness, guys. Okay. So Luscious ain't got time for y'all bullshit. But uh, back to the song. Uh, what's my thing? Got it, I do grade A shit On the British nigga walking And this the remix And I'm still, I ain't looking for a five-star chick Who's the picture? I'm a pencil with some five-star chick Boss and she ain't never no suckers Miss real nigga, she ain't never fuck a bustle Alright, uh, now that it's time for some guest arrays. That's right, it's guest arrays time. Now that it's time for some guest arrays. That's right, it's guest arrays time. That's right, it's time for Guess the Race. The number one game show going across all the podcast land. We read and play news articles from all over the globe. And we ask our contestants today, the chat room, to guess the race. And the chat room is racist. Very, very racist. Um, Let's see. Um, How did that get in there? That is not what I meant to do. 
all right um here's one firefighters facing a uh fire uh oh wait firefighters are facing the sack which means getting fired oh for taking selfie in front of building where 17 people died oh uh inside two firefighters could be looking for new jobs after taking this picture inside 17 people were killed as the blaze ripped through the shopping center Ilya Bivkov, 30, and Rostislav Krylov, 28, were called to the scene where another 55 people were seriously injured, uh, including two police officers and two other emergency workers. The fire started in a cafe next door to the shop center in Kazan, Central Russia, before spreading next door. Who thought this was a good idea? You're on the the clock, right? The picture was updated to uploaded to Russia's version of Facebook. Uh, Yegor Tokarev wrote, Christ, people are dying in there, and these men are smiling and taking photos. Right. They are there to save lives. You know, when they took the picture, they was like, we're going to get all the bitches. All of them. Bitches love firefighters, and this is what action is, baby. I'm dying. <laughs> oh, I'm burning alive. I lost the leg. All right. Hold on, hold on. I got to get the focus right. Uh, Svetlana Kupastina. Should, should we put a filter on this? No, no, no filter. No filter. Svetlana Kapustina wrote, it makes me sick to think that while those poor people were burning to death, these two were treated as some sort of joke. Shame on them. Now authorities say they're looking into the photos and may take disciplinary steps. Oh, really? Well, I will tell you this. Don't we all get sick of our jobs? I mean, the mundane stuff. Who hasn't taken a work selfie at some point? That'd be. Well, get into it. Maybe you'll see that you'll see it's not so bad. Mm-mm, I'm good. Most of the emergency workers called to the scene did their job competently and efficiently. These two are not characteristic of those who work hard every day, tirelessly saving lives. Uh, I guess the race of, uh, Ilya Bikov and, I mean, Bikov and Ristov Slav Krylov. All right. Let's see what everybody thinks in the chat room. A white Russian and not the good kind. <laughs> oh. White says recognized taste. Um, Zangief and Even Drago, Rasputin White. All right, so looks like that's the guesses. Uh, White, or well, they white, so their names are okay. If Russia beard grow in Russia, beard grows you white. Oh Lord! <laughs> <laughs> the correct na- the correct answer is white. I'll put that picture in the chat. Oh, that picture. These niggas took a selfie at a fucking fire. Like, like it is literally, you can see the fire in the background. Like, the fire is in the doors. Right. Dog, the fucking swagdacity. Like, I'm taking it past audacity. I'm taking it past swag. The swagdacity to even think of some shit like that. Right, and you have other people down there huddling trying to figure out what the fuck we need to do. And y'all talking about, you know what? Let's take a picture. Yeah, wow. Uh, Chicago man has been arrested after allegedly raping a woman he met online and her friend. Uh, oh, and, oh, too? 
and then lecturing them about prostituting themselves <gasps> okay you know y'all shouldn't have did this right uh jonathan ferguson <laughs> was charged thursday with armed robbery robbery and aggravated criminal assault with a weapon he was His dick he was ordered held on $250,000 bond. No, I'm going to say he had a real weapon, too. Yes, his dick was a weapon also. Oh. Charge him with that. Well, that's the right part. Uh, the alleged assaults said, are said to have occurred over New Year's weekend when three Milwaukee women were celebrating at a Chicago hotel. Ferguson is accused of answering an ad on Backpage.com from one of the women offering sexual services and asked the 22-year-old woman to meet him at an address. The report notes, when she arrived at the address, she was allegedly raped at gunpoint and forced to call her friends who were waiting in the car outside. After allegedly assaulting a second woman, Ferguson reportedly lectured all three women and bragged about his supposedly murderous week. Guess the race of Jonathan Ferguson. Uh, rape? Rapist and rape counselor? Like, what the fuck is... I don't even know what the second part of that ah! is. Like, it was a scared straight, but with rape. Chicago, that's the land of ape roaches. Obama black. Oh, my. Musings of a shop says white. Um, Dr. Manning want to be lecturer about prostitution naming, says Diana. <laughs> white, says Joe Spacely. Uh, color of Derrick Rose future. Black, said. Cass always says Bill Cosby Huxley, prodigy. Uh, hmm, I'm gonna go with black. Couldn't afford a nice hotel, black. Jeffrey Dahmer, first cousin. Man, everybody split over this one. The correct answer is, and many of you got it, black. Some of you did miss it. doing rape lectures at colleges now yeah he real black yeah are you gonna start doing rape lectures at colleges now he better not yeah i just came here to talk about you now look to your left then look to your right one out of every two of y'all gonna get raped (laughs) ah and it's gonna be by me close the doors close the doors (laughs) and lock them this this a hands-on lecture right here y'all y'all about to learn some lessons today Y'all gonna learn today. Good grief. The audacity. Right. Then he confessed to more crimes. I killed some people too, y'all. I want to go to super jail. You spent all the years in the jail, all of them. By the way, you guys are free to go and leave, and here's a selfie of my face. Ah, I sent it to your phone. What should I know about sending it to your phone? Because I love jail. Love it. An ex-con who just finished a 15-year robbery sentence has admitted that he robbed the same New Jersey shoe store as the same clerk was behind the counter. Oh, you kidding me? <laughs> Prosecutors say 41-year-old Christopher Miller robbed the Stride Wright store in Toms River in March 2014, a day after he was released from prison after finishing his jail term for the first robbery. Police say Miller made off with $389 and fled on foot with the employee's cell phones. Three and 89 damn dollars the clerk has been notified about miller's release and identified the suspect as the same person who robbed the store in 1999 
miller pleaded guilty to second degree robbery on monday he faces a prison term of 10 to 20 years in prison and when he's sentenced in may so they were already on alert that you know because they probably because it was a crime so they was like hey just letting y'all know he's getting released you probably thinking well i never see him again oh okay you you want some uh, what? You, you rob me again. Do, do, do you know I'm the same person? Sir, yeah, sir? maybe they put on some weight. You know, maybe they look different. I don't know. Hey, yeah, 15 years is a pretty long time. Yeah, could have been anything. Um, Nobody guessing the race now? What's going oh, on in here? Did we lose everybody? Oh. Uh, let me make sure that uh, the internet's still... Yeah, internet's still working. I don't know what's going on with the guests. Oh, okay. It's slow. What an idiot. Black. Black. When them new KDs come in, though, black, main, black. Crab Nebula Mall Rat couldn't help it because he she got that she got that new Jays black Deja Jigaboo <laughs> that was future super villain black bootleg Jays black damn bro there is a Foot Locker black I asked for Air Force Ones black well the correct answer is and you guys all missed it it is white. <laughs> Somebody guess white. Mm-hmm. Too late. You all get those booze. Bianca got to guess in too late. I'm sorry, guys. I'm <laughs> very sick. Very, very strict. But you got it right, sweetie. Uh, Nope. You don't get any chairs. You got it wrong. Took <laughs> Study wrong, study long. Is what I say. Um... Well, let's see. So, uh, let's go to the bonus round here. And maybe Deanna can actually guess on time this time, okay? Double the points and the race. Double the points and the race. That's right. It's bonus round against the race. So everything's worth double the points, double the racism so far. People are mostly one for one. one. I mean, two and one. Right. Because they missed that last joint. But uh, let's see what they can do on this last one. Um, let's see. Uh, here's one. Uh, Green Acres, Florida. Green Acres is the place to be. A woman told police that she was nude on a bench outside of Dunkin' Donuts as part of a pledge for a dance troupe. Oh, Florida. A dance troupe. Green Acres police were called to the Dunkin' Donuts at 9 p.m. Sunday. Officers said when they arrived, Shakara Martin, 32, was sitting on a bench in front of the establishment completely naked. According to officers, Martin apologized and stated that she came to Dunkin' Donuts naked on a dare. The dare was part of a pledge for a dance troupe. According to onlookers, the woman was offered clothing multiple times and refused. Martin was arrested by Green Acres police on an indecent exposure charge, booked and then released to Palm Beach County Jail. Guess the race of Shakara Martin. Everybody in the chat. A goddamn dance troupe. A dance troupe. What the fuck? Well, Ray, what kind of dance troupe is this? How old is she? 32 or some shit? Like, yeah, 32 years old. Who pledges to a dance troupe at 32? I have no idea. I think it's a delay. They'll come up in a second for some reason. Oh, okay. Reason. All right. Well, look like we got a little delay. All right. She could have at least went to Krispy Kreme Black. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one who's going to catch ammonia black. 
oh so you think you can be naked in front of a donut shop and no cops show up dance troop equal magic city black my line name is nuditude black ah. double dog dare you to show them double d's black sorority sister gone wild stomp the yard black uh wants to be in the whiz black and black the correct answer it is and all of you got it black I think it was the name Shakar that gave it away. You see her picture? Oh my! Mm-hmm. It's a lot going on. What's going on, on the side of her face? Is there like a scar? What is it with her eyelashes? Um, What's up with her? Is there eyelashes? I don't know. Big Bird do her eyelashes. What's happening here? Yeah, I feel like no, that's Nephilimicus. She look like a Mr. Potato Head or something. I don't know. She don't even look real. Yeah. I mean, probably. She get, do like a Mr. Potato Head. Like you just, just rearrange your face around and make something brand new. You get better naked people at Dunkin' at uh, Krispy Kreme, I'm sure of it. I bet you you do. Because they be hot and now. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, All right. Make daddy some donuts. Uh, <laughs> Time to talk about sore ratchetness. All right. Suspect arrested in a cold case involving a samurai no sword. For a Holyoke man accused of a murder that took place almost seven years ago. 22 News was in court today as 22-year-old Ismael Rodriguez was arraigned on a murder charge after 44-year-old Umberto Brindis of Holyoke was killed in 2008. Brindis died from a stab wound in his Holyoke apartment on June 1st, 2008. There you go. Took him forever, but they finally got him. A cold case murder solved. Glad they got his ass. Glad they got his ass off the streets. All right, guys, we'll be back tomorrow after I fix this podcast, staying up till 2 and 3 in the morning. Yes. Because of technical difficulties. Thank you so much, chat room, everybody that hung in there and hung out with us. Mm -hmm. Uh, We really appreciate you guys, and uh, we'll see you guys uh, tomorrow. Until then, I love you. I love you, too. Mwah. Mwah.